0: Hey, Jeremy, how you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm glad it's Friday, man.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, not only is it the end of the week, but, you know, I get to do their show.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. How has your week been?
0: Oh, yeah. Got me a new toy.
1: <laughs> okay, so, so you're racking it right there, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I feel left out, so I have something here. What's this? Did you hear that?
0: Yeah, one more time. That's a stapler.
1: <laughs> How did you guess that? <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> I was like, I've I've heard you <laughs> I have never asked you, but I've heard you racking a gun on other shows. Yeah. You know, like I'll hear in the background I'm like, oh man. And there's a I've heard like a few other podcasts I listen to where one person will always be racking a gun. I'm like, man it sucks being a Canadian and so I'm like I got to get something for a sound effect in here so I thought oh and I don't know I was doing some paperwork organizing some receipts in here and I thought ah, oh, I got a stapler but I didn't think you'd guess it that fast that was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> although I guess it does sound like a stapler and it's kind of a single acting sound right it's not like a chick it's just like a click well good guess Todd you win a the, good uh, feeling well, and a pat you. on the back
0: yeah um thanks So what'd you no, get? in uh, the more the the more uh, budget conscious cheesier areas of uh, Hollywood and TV, uh, they use uh, the old fashioned arrow giant stapler as a sound effect for racking a slide. Really? Yeah. If,
1: <laughs> so you're well you're experienced with this like sound. Yeah. The staplers posing as guns.
0: Yeah, they, one TV show actually used a, uh, in almost every episode, you see the hero racking his uh, <laughs> his 45. Yeah. But they were using the sound of a bolt action. Oh. Uh, it was a, actually, it was a Springfield 1903 action they were using as the sound of his 45 racking. I'm like, why?
1: Yeah, no kidding. That that reminds uh, me.
0: The special effects guy on that T V show was also the stunt double for the hero. Oh, okay. And he I've seen interviews, I've read a book by that he did and he talked about some of the just horrible, cheesy things that he had to come up with because they had no budget. Oh wow. Because they had a big time star name as their star. He yeah. started as a nobody, but by the end of the series, it was, he was one of the biggest names in Hollywood, uh, and all the money went to him. Yeah. And he used to, he had to use a, uh, just stupid things, but he said, the reason it works is uh, your, your mind.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Knows what it should sound like. Yeah. So that's most often what you hear unless you make a conscious effort to hear what's actually there.
1: Yeah. You know? And as long as it's similar, it'll, it'll trick you.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. and that's why witnesses suck so bad because your brain wants oh, to see yes. what you think you see. Yeah. You know,
1: that's true. Um, when you said the bolt of a gun, I just, it reminds me, I follow this. this one account on Instagram. It's like I fix old junk or something like that. Uh, I think that's the name of it, but he does like a lot of stuff with garden tractors and stuff. I don't know, just kind of mechanical guy in his garage or whatever. But he put this story on and they're working on a rifle and there's the optics, With the the tapped holes for the optics are in the bolt of the gun. (laughs) (laughs) And I was going to ask you if you've ever seen that before. No. Yeah, so he's like, okay. He goes, I don't know what the heck, you know, what goes on or if somebody did it he says you know they needed a strap so he just screwed an an a fender washer a piece of nylon to the uh the wood stock right up front and the back he goes whatever we can let that slide but he said there's one thing we just we can't let this go and so he opens the bolt pulls it back and the whole scope comes with it it's like yeah oh it's like that is insane it's crazy but also on the gun topic what what kind of gun did you get
0: uh uh P365 XL. All right, on it. Uh, the, my carry gun, since the gun came out, has been a P365 by six hour, and shortly after they came out with the XL, and shortly after that they came out with a couple other versions of it. But I've always wanted the XL that comes from the factory with the uh, uh, red dot sight already installed and sighted at the factory, and uh, I didn't want to pay the 2020 COVID prices so I just waited.
1: Yeah. Uh, Have you shot it yet?
0: No, I'm going to disassemble it, clean it uh today or tomorrow and then shoot it. Well, yeah. not tomorrow, but
1: So is that going to become your carry now or are you still going to stick with the regular?
0: It depends. It will be um it'll be one of my carry one of my carry guns cuz uh you got to pick your carry gun based on Clothes you can wear and where you're gonna go and yeah things like that. So you know,
1: how about uh, carrying with in an in winter? Optic? It'll
0: definitely be my carry gun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is it no? Is it much different carrying with an optic o- all on?
0: I've never carried with an optic. Uh, I'm uh, 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 a red dot sight on a pistol is newer to me uh, than it should be. I know how to shoot. I've shot them, but for me myself, they're Newer, I've used them in a couple of competitions, but uh, my eyesight stayed good most of my life. So I didn't really need them. I'm very good at uh, instinctive point shooting. Yep. So I didn't really need them. But now, you know, uh, the last two years, my eyesight's decided to uh, go on vacation. Hmm. So, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. You buy books with, you know, bigger print and you get a red dot.
1: There you go. <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, we've had uh, we've had a busy week. Um, so on Sunday was Steph's birthday, and then Tuesday was our youngest son Foster his his birthday, and Wednesday was our anniversary, and so it's just been bu- 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 you know busy day, busy day, busy day, and then wow, you uh, could
0: have just about had a. Gift nervous breakdown, trying
1: to yeah. figure this week out yeah uh i did i i did well this year i I had a gift for my wife planned ahead of time, and she loved it, she didn't think she would ever get something like that, so it's good, it's good um and then we uh well my we were hoping like my parents were gonna be around so they could look after the kids in our anniversary, but they're in b c doing something with their holiday trail or something, but uh. So we ended up going out on our anniversary. We took all the kids and we, we wanted to check out this fancier restaurant. It's supposed to be an amazing. It's called the Italian Farmhouse and it's in Bray Creek. And Braid Creek is probably like, I think it's like an hour and seven minute drive from here. Very beautiful. It's just kind of starting to get into the mountains. A lot of mountain biking. They used to have some ski hills in the area. And this restaurant is incredible. Like It is like an old restaurant farm building, right? And you know, when they do it up properly and they've got like a restaurateur who knows what it's supposed to be like to have beautiful dining. They got a nice, the whole deck is covered in a pergola and they got lights and there's all this sitting and it should be just incredible. Ugh, it was the biggest <laughs> letdown. And, and it, you know, it was like, so the meal was about 180 bucks for all of us, right? So not super expensive, uh, but you know, for 23, $24 for a plate of pasta, I expect, good pasta. And man, I've had better food at like a Boston pizza or, or I don't know, you guys don't have Boston pizza in the States, but man, it was a disappointment. Like it, it tasted like canned pasta sauce. And the waitresses were horrible. When you make your reservation, you're supposed to say what, you know, is that for an occasion, right? So we put it's our 20th wedding anniversary. Not one single person even asked why we were out or said, Hey, you know, is it somebody's birthday or is it nothing? And, oh, the service was outrageously poor and the food was terrible. My, like Steph got chicken. It was like a bone in, or, or you know, it was a chicken breast and stuff. It was dry, like overcooked under seasoned, like no salt and pepper on anything. They didn't even bring salt and pepper to the table. Like, you know, a lot of times the Italian place, they'll have like the chili or the, the mozzarella, like nothing. Like they just set it on your thing and, and leave. It was, I was disgusted. And you know, in the parking lot, it's all like Audi SUVs, Mercedes SUVs. You know, like like people coming back from golf and stuff, and like a higher end. You know, these these are some people that either they have money or they spend money. Um, but man, I was just like, this place is an absolute letdown, man. Ugh. A part of it's too that Steph and I, I think we're turning into food snobs because man. I don't want to sound braggadocious, but we're getting good at making food, you know. And Steph's always been really good at it, but I'm starting to do my part. And, oh, dude, it's it takes quite a restaurant for us to be like, oh, wow, this is really good, you know. But I left them a really nasty review on Google Maps. <laughs> good. Yeah. Um That yeah, was terrible.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people... Uh, they don't take those reviews seriously. Mm -hmm. Oh, everybody gets a good review. No, they don't. Yeah. You get a review. If you good or bad or mediocre, if I think some of the hardest ones it's taken me to write are the mediocre, the middle of the road ones. Yeah. You know, where nothing special, but you know,
1: yeah. um, Nothing terrible. And then you don't want people to read it one way or the other and be like, oh, yeah, it sounds like he really doesn't like it. It's like, no, you know, if you're an average place, this is it. This has been my experience. Yeah, was, and,
0: you know, could be incredible if. Um, yeah. And then let them know what they didn't do right, which I would have told you at the restaurant, you know. Yeah. And years ago, you could actually talk to somebody at the restaurant and go, you know, I'm not happy about this, but, yeah, you know, this is what I think you could do better. And they would listen. You know, politely. They might not do anything. They might not even care, but they'd listen politely. Mm-hmm. And let you get that off your chest, and maybe you'd come back.
2: Yeah.
0: To, to see if they change anything. Oh, they, they don't care now. They're like, I don't care if you like it or not. Give me my money and get out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, totally.
0: You know, you know what? No. Because um, I think uh, some people can uh, – You can disagree or not. That's fine with me because discord is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think atmosphere, customer service, the attitude of the workers can do a ton to garnish mediocre food. Mm -hmm. Nothing you can put on that plate will make you come back if the service stinks. The waitress was a blankety blank. Yeah. You know, if the maider D didn't even come, you know, up front for 30 minutes, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't care if Gordon Ramsay's cooking the food, which I think he's way overrated anyway. Uh, In fact, if you look at his Michelin star stuff, he is overrated. But anyway, um, if your flagship restaurant loses its Michelin star, uh, yeah, because you're a douchebag, uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's he's an successful exception
0: at being a, uh, culinary personality.
1: Yeah. Um. uh,
0: there's another guy, uh, that's really good at food. Not so good at keeping people on his good side, you know, keeping on people's good side. Mm-hmm. And that's Jamie Oliver.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the, uh, Gordon Ramsay's arch enemy uh they hate each other do they or they, at least they used to cuz Gordon Ramsay calls him a peasant oh my god it's so funny huh uh you're a culinary peasant you know you're you, like you're the trailer park and I'm the mansion yeah uh go look up their net worth and then tell me something Gordon yeah, at one point he was worth 10 times what you are
1: yeah but he lost everything yeah yeah but
0: he's getting it back.
1: Uh, yeah. But we were, So we were talking about service and, and restaurants, and there's an exception. Did you, did you ever go, when you are in Baltimore, that G&M, or is it G&S?
0: We never went to Baltimore to eat, not one time. We wanted to get to, uh, uh, oh, God, uh, the little Italian neighborhood there. Okay. Uh, to eat because there's a couple of restaurants. Uh, that we just, I'd give my pinky to go eat at. Here's the problem where we lived in Baltimore in miles, you know, about an hour and a half to get there, but the highways, you had to drive some of the worst roads to get there, Mm. you know, and now, sorry, it's just not worth that headache. Yeah. Yeah. And I am a, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm a reformed road rage guy. Um, I've almost broke my steering wheel,
2: yeah.
0: gripping it so hard. I actually bent one, gripping it so hard. Because, you know, I'm not going to point anything at you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not looking for a confrontation personally, but I am screaming and cussing and beating the heck out of my dash and my steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. Because I... There's no reason for people to drive that way. None.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, and people are like, well, is it really that bad? Yes. Yeah. Driving in and around D.C. was worse than trying to drive in Saudi Arabia in the 90s.
2: Hmm.
0: When, as long as the light's green, everything's fine in Saudi Arabia. T- light turns red. A six-lane highway turns into a 32-lane highway. Yeah. Oh God!
1: Ah. Anyway, funny. yeah, I hear you. I'm a I'm definitely a reformed, bro. Formerly a road rager too. It just Not got true. to <clears throat> it got to the point where it's just man, it's such a freaking risk. And then when I ask myself what for, you know, um, I, I've had two times when I've like you know I'll I, I hate people that just like honk and then. Finger you can keep their windows closed right it's like come on let's have a chat man up and i used to always be like let's step outside and settle this and two times i've actually had somebody oblige me and the one time the guy ran away he got scared and the second time i ran away because <laughs> the guy that got out of this old van was such a crazy looking dude He's an old guy and he was driving just terrible like i had my whole family with me and i was like you know i wouldn't let me pass there's two lanes Two lane highway each direction wouldn't let me pass. Blah, blah blah blah. Just being an absolute jerk. And so finally I said pull over, and he, so he pulls over and I pulled over, <clears throat> and he gets out and he he had a beard probably halfway down his chest and hair like long long hair pure white, and he had the craziest look on his face and he had this kind of a pot belly, but he's just looked like an ab. He looked like he's built like a tank, right? Yeah. And he parked his van probably like 50 or 100 feet behind mine. And he got out and started running at me. <laughs> and I was like, this guy knows something I don't know. I don't know what the heck is going on, but he is fully <laughs> confident. And I'm not doing this. And so I, I took off like a little coward. I was so embarrassed. So embarrassed.
0: You know, the fight has nothing. And this is why I never did that. Because being able to fight or not fight has nothing to do with you being a jerk in your car. You know, you don't know how to drive, and just because you know how to fight doesn't excuse you not knowing how to drive. Yeah, you just don't know how to drive, or you're being an, a jerk on purpose. Either way, you're a jerk. Yeah. So, and you know, some of the jobs I held, I couldn't. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Getting those kind of altercations. Uh,
1: <laughs> That'd be bad for so.
0: Your career. You know, oh God, this career ending, um, <laughs> maybe going to jail when it. other people wouldn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now, you're talking about road rage. The best road rage incident I've ever seen was when I was in Africa the second time. And we were in a part of Africa that was just completely, absolutely lawless at that time. Um, mm. It was during one of the Warlord Wars, right? Yeah. And there was a old Nissan pickup that didn't have a straight piece of sheet metal on it, uh, white with the red racing stripes, roll bar, you know, 13 uh, teenage boys with AKs in the back. Hmm.
2: And
0: they're driving like, you know, 60 miles an hour, careening off trees. How these kids stay in the bed, I'll never know.
2: Hmm.
0: <clears throat> they cut this other guy off, just take his bumper with them, and, hmm. oh, there it's on now. So the guy that they uh, cut off and took his bumper uh, started following him. And they are taking, you know, uh, the occasional pot shot at the guy from the bed of the truck. Wow. And, uh, and he doesn't care. Really? And he's ram- trying to ram him uh, with his radiator because they took his bumper. And uh, they eventually stop. And they're thinking, we're going to kill this guy. Yeah. You know, We're going to have some fun. He gets out with a machete against a truckload of kids with AKs and other assorted weapons. They can't hit the broadside of a barn from inside. And he just walks up and starts uh, taking care of business. Really? With that machete until the driver says, oh, yeah, we're out of here.
1: That's nasty.
0: That is a crazy dude. Yeah. But also confident.
1: Yeah. Ugh. That paints a nasty picture in the old mind.
0: I mean, he didn't, <clears throat> like, hack any of them up. He was swinging. He cut a one or two, uh, you know, put some marks in the tailgate. One of the kids might, you know, walk on, well, given the medical situation in that part of Africa at the time, he's probably only got one leg now, but
2: yeah, if he's hmm. alive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. So, because they think gangrene is, you know, a curse from God, because you got cut, really, yeah, really,
1: yeah. You're in
0: a penicillin.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: But, yeah, you know, that was the worst road rage incident I've seen that didn't involve a tank. But
1: hmm. uh, yes, yeah, although
0: not- I did see a, a French peacekeeper in Kosovo, uh, in Bosnia during that time uh calling an airstrike because of what we could consider road rage it's a really long story but it was funny that's crazy and for a french guy to do it that's hilarious
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: a bunch yeah. of people were blocking the road uh and they weren't four of the bad guys you know they weren't taking the bad guy side they just hated the blue berets that much yeah yeah you know? Yeah. stay out of our business. It doesn't matter whether we win or lose, but you shouldn't be here kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, he was all, but but I am a Frenchman. I, not only that, but I'm in the UN. Yeah.
1: Anyway. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. But so, no, we never went to Baltimore to that restaurant.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> G&M. So, yeah, we, we just darting all over the place here. G&M uh their waitresses are the nastiest people in the world and it's just known it's how it is when you go there you stand at the front or whatever and you have to wave somebody down wave them down whistle at them say hey i need a table and they're like oh is that the
0: restaurant where they're rude and they throw stuff at you
1: they don't throw stuff at you but they're rude yeah Yeah. but their crab uh... cakes are unbelievable and on a friday night there'll be a two-hour lineup to get in and you know, you know we sat down we got a table and I was with my brother-in-law and we're waiting 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 waitress is walking all around us and uh he goes excuse me can I get a can I get a menu can we get menus here she goes fine and so she grabs them and then she kind of just dropped them literally while she's walking at a full pace just kind of tossed them onto our table and so <laughs> my brother <laughs> kind of started to be a little bit rude back to him it's kind of funny <laughs> uh like wouldn't look at her and <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't say could I get this he's like Give me a, give me this, give me that. (laughs) And it's so funny. But, uh, yeah, that's the exception. Um, good food, bad service, but it's kind of known for, I think they kind of do it as a joke. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. There's another restaurant. I don't know. I can't remember where it was. My uh, wife and her parents went there. Um, might be in Missouri somewhere. I'm not sure, but their shtick is that they are rude on purpose and they throw your rolls from across the room. Oh, wow. At you. but.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't have gone, and I didn't go because I at that point in my life, I would have been some uh, C-word-throwing person at that restaurant. But, yeah, yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I just know when to gracefully uh, excuse myself from certain situations. Yeah. Now, the one time I have... Actually, uh, the restaurant version of road rage was uh, a really high-dollar place in Chicago. Yep, and one of the Chicago's preeminent steakhouses. They don't even have a sign out front. That's how you know uh, exclusive they are. Yep, you have to be told about it, know about it you know, know somebody to be able to get a reservation. And, uh, the person we were in Chicago to see, you know, took us there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, uh, it's supposed to be the absolute best of the best anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. And it so, so bad. Really? Oh, wow.
0: My steak smelled rancid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got that special aged beef, Todd.
0: And I said, them, I said, you know, <clears throat> trying to be, you know, quiet and polite about it. And I said, you know, can I see the maitre D the Maitre D came over and I was trying to, you know, explain the situation, talk to him. And he was just like, you got what you got. Deal with it. Oh, oh wow. it's the it's the owner here. Well, the manager's here. No, I want to see the owner. Yeah. The well, manager came over and uh, acted like they didn't want to hear it. So I got a little bit louder I said so you're telling me because you've never seen me before you haven't heard of me you're gonna crap on my friend here that does know you mm-hmm. and give me like rotten meat that's been out on week. you know who, did you serve this to somebody else and they didn't want it and sat there for two weeks and then you give it to it it smelled rotten yeah I wouldn't be surprised if there's a maggot in it somewhere yeah and I'm not joking that's nasty um, The cream spinach was, I guess it would have been good, but it was ice cold. Mm. And so I forgot what else was on the plate, but it sucked. Mm. Uh, It was almost raw. And it was one of those things that not supposed to be raw. Yeah. yeah. uh, Oh, you know, uh, you know, screw you. But I didn't say it that quite that way. Yeah. (laughs) And we left and, uh that was before the days of you know google reviews but yeah yeah my friend was like thanks now i can't ever go back you might (laughs) want to thank me that's how they're going to treat you
1: (laughs) no kidding yeah yeah it's it's too bad and i don't know uh, you know when i was a kid i we grew up um every sunday after church we went out to eat and um you know, a lot of those restaurants that we went to are no longer around and they were good like my parents have a lot of good restaurants near them like they live in uh, queen creek arizona and like places where it's an italian place and uh, it's not a chain and the guy just said i'm opening a restaurant and you know it's nothing fancy it's not like you need reservations but every night it fills up and it's busy and the food is really really good and then the Mexican places that are like that, like we used to have one uh, here called Chi-Chi's and I think it was a chain, but it was good Mexican food, you know, and we what, used Chichis? to go there. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. We had it um, growing up in North Carolina. One of the best Mexican chains there is. They went out of business because their owners um, stole all the money. But
1: Oh, OK. So, yeah, we went there every Sunday after church chi-chi's and i was like man this is the best and they had fried ice cream and oh yeah we loved it because they had their, their house made tortilla chips like nacho chips oh, yeah. and you could eat all we wanted as kids and but man it's hard to find places like that anymore you know like i used to think olive garden was like really good and down in the states there's a ton of them like olive gardens everywhere uh, for some reason calgary we have one single olive garden and we have forever even when i was a kid going to church we'd go to olive garden but, um, man, it seems so hard to find good restaurants. Either that or, or like I kind of mentioned earlier, or my tastes have gotten better because we make better food at home. But, man, that, that's why Steph and I, we don't go out to eat much anymore because it's we're always disappointed. You go out and it's like, yeah, that was okay. We'll taste something. It's like, yeah, yeah that's a little bit underdone. You know, they should have served this to us about three minutes ago when it was really nice and hot or whatever, you know. Man, I, f- I find more often than not, I'm disappointed when I go out to a restaurant, unless it's a super high-end, like, you know, I'm talking $50, 60 $80 a plate restaurant, then I'm usually fairly happy with it, <laughs> but you better, you better be, you know, You're paying that kind of money, but yeah, no, we're, we're doing some good stuff. So- oh, so last night we wanted chicken fajitas and, um, we do chicken fajitas quite a bit and on the flat top. And I'm telling you, Todd, you need to get a flat top. It will change your life. Unbelievable. And then one thing we've never done with our chicken fajitas, we kind of wrap them up, like both ends, roll them up, and then brown all four sides. And it takes, a, just turn the flat top up high and just that little, you know, till it gets not not dark, dark brown, but not light brown either, right? Just perfect in the middle. And that, that little bit of, of you know, darkening the tortilla it changes the flavor so much. It just—they were incredible. Like I was while I was cooking them, it almost smelled sweet. Oh, it's yeah. so good, man. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Um, anytime we like make tacos or carnitas or anything, we actually turn on the gas stove, stand there one at a time, charring yeah. the tortillas. Oh, yeah. So
1: good. Yeah. Um, have you ever have you ever heard of that? It's a Netflix show called. It was a book first actually. It's called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. No. Um. So it's this lady that, that went to learn how to cook, and I don't. she kind of basically toured all over. And she wrote this book, and the four main things to having good food is salt, fat, acid, heat. And there's a Netflix series, and it's four parts, and each part focuses on that. And uh, so the heat part was like that, like how, you know, the most simple explanation that nobody thinks about, but you take a piece of bread and you put it in toaster oven, and it turns to toast. And that smell, and the, it tastes different just from heat. And that the heat off, she's kind of more referring to, like, the actual cooking, not necessarily the spice, right? Yeah. But salt, fat, acid, heat. It just It's a really, really good uh, series on Netflix. We, we watched it, my wife and I, and then we actually watched it with the kids. And it just, it kind of, you think about these things, and it's like, oh. And it when you look at that, those principles, there's things that you kind of knew, but it just breaks it down. It's like, oh, I get it now. Like, I kind of understand why that is happens when you do this and stuff it's it was a pretty good one but yeah no, it's it's good i love food man mm, mm, mm.
0: best thing in the world food um, yeah i love cooking I, well i used to love cooking quite a little bit i don't enjoy it so much anymore but it's not the fact that i don't like cooking it's standing up for a long period of time suck but, yeah um and the floors in this house I can't stand, they hurt my feet, and I love going barefoot. Okay. And, uh, anyway, so I'm going to get, I got those um, nice little uh, kitchen cooking mats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Awesome, but.
2: uh, Yeah, they help, don't they?
0: Yeah. I love, uh, just love cooking because you can make it your own. Mm Mm-hmm. So like cooking you can experiment and you do all kinds of things uh and then if you want to exercise your brain and science you go to baking because yeah. that really is science um yeah. you can't just flub measurements and baking not all the time
1: yeah
0: actually rarely but
1: yeah my wife loves baking too
0: i made uh banana bread yesterday after dinner mm. Uh one bunt pan loaf and then one regular loaf.
1: Yep. Uh, oh, I love banana bread.
0: I I was gonna put uh, some walnuts in one of them, but Danette kiboshed that idea.
2: Yeah, I am eh, you know, with
0: her. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna use the walnuts for something else instead. Hmm. Um, this other kind of bread that we used to make.
1: I'm not a walnut fan.
0: Only in this. Um, Every once in a while, a banana bread, and only otherwise on this other bread. It's a recipe of a mom of a friend of mine. It was a best man in our wedding.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, it's a walnut, raisin, cinnamon kind of bread.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, it's an old, uh, not Amish, but kind of recipe that goes back generations. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best breads i've ever put in my mouth Hmm. so good Uh, but other than that for a walnut i like uh, uh, smoked walnuts to eat like peanuts but other than that i'm not a big walnut guy hate pecans they suck they should be outlawed uh, right after mayonnaise what uh pecans they should be outlawed but right after mayonnaise is outlawed
1: you don't like mayonnaise
0: here's the thing about mayonnaise it should be an ingredient inside something else like egg salad or tuna salad or chicken salad, but using it on a sandwich is disgusting and should be illegal.
1: It's delicious and should be encouraged.
0: <laughs> if you have to put mayonnaise on something, change the something because you don't really like that. No, but it helps stuff out. No, it you know. doesn't. Yeah, it no. does.
1: Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah Hey, Todd, uh, you're I'm wrong.
0: Not, we, we, we're going to keep this family friendly, so I can't continue to talk about mayonnaise.
1: Okay. Your personal preference it's is incorrect. <laughs> it's not, people. Uh, I just want those listening here. We're gonna cancel Todd's opinion here on mayonnaise because he is clearly wrong. <laughs> well, I
0: believe people who like mayonnaise are subconsciously smarter. questioning their own sexuality.
1: <laughs> they're better. They're <laughs> they're smarter. They've got better taste. They're better looking. They they probably they probably shoot straighter than they shoot guns. Just to, probably uh, not. <laughs> yeah, no. You know one thing I like about uh, mayonnaise? Like, okay, take the mayonnaise out of it. You like grilled cheese sandwiches. Love them. What's that? Love them. So, you know, I used to do grilled cheese and I put the butter on the side that you put in the pan. But if you swap the butter out with the mayonnaise, then the eggs brown up.
0: Then you take the, the
1: eggs and the mayonnaise. You can take more protein. what
0: makes a grilled cheese sandwich, a grilled cheese sandwich, and you turn it into a vomit sandwich.
1: No, no. Talk. Literally what you're doing. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. That's, that's weird. I've never met somebody <laughs> with st- such a strong feeling about mayonnaise. Although I feel like, Oh, if uh, you think
0: I have a strong feeling about mayonnaise, don't get me started on blue cheese.
1: Oh, I'm with you there. Okay. Blue cheese is disgusting. And my wife loves it. And, so, uh, yeah, you know what I did? I was going So, out Johnny,
0: <clears throat> you like, blue cheese well yeah it's the best thing in the world you know you're eating mold well you know do you eat mold on your bread you eat mold that's on your apple or your orange no why are you eating it in blue cheese yeah disgusting freak yeah it's great cavities of ooey mold yeah. people are disgusting
1: yeah so what well, is gruyere is that no that's not blue cheese oh There's a name for a certain type of blue cheese.
0: Yes. um, There's Maytag, and then there's that other one, like Tencel or Stencil or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of of them.
0: There's two main line, the best of the best, Maytag and that other one. And those are the two I tried at a um, world-class cheese market uh, in Baltimore. Uh, near Baltimore uh, in a hoity toity little uh, bedroom community of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a, one of the best wine shops and cheese shops in the United States. So we happened to be in the area. We stopped in the cheese place because we yep. both like cheese. And it's actually where I discovered uh, a particular uh manufacturer of Grana Padana cheese and not your just mainstream one, but it's in the right. caves over the, in Italy anyway. And that's my favorite cheese of all time now, but we tried uh, Stilson is what it is. Oh yeah. Stilson yeah. and Maytag blue cheese and it's gross.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when I wanted to become a photographer, I was like, uh, there's this one guy, his name is Nathan Elson. He was doing it full time and really talented guy, you know, connected with him on, it was a Twitter at the time. And I thought, you know what? I said, Hey, I said, if there's, I love what you're doing. I wanted, um, I'm going to be doing photography full time. You know, is there a way I I could pay for a mentoring session? Right. And, uh, he said, how about you take, just take me out, buy me a beer and I'll tell you whatever you want. I was like, cool. So we went to this restaurant. And it was a nicer restaurant. And I said, I'll buy you dinner. I said, if you're going to let me pick your brain for an hour or two, I'm going to buy you dinners. So I said, order whatever you want. And it was, it was kind of like a, a higher-end pub, right? So it's not, like, real expensive or anything like that. And really good. I've eaten there before. And I ordered a burger, and I didn't know what gorgonzola was. And it's blue cheese. And I'm a hamburger guy. Like, like one of my favorite things to ever get is, you know, a nice big restaurant burger, you know? And so I ordered this thing, and it's nice. Like, I think it had, like, uh, fried onions on it like like onion rings and just an amazing burger and then with blue cheese and I didn't know and so here I am with this guy um we end up becoming pretty good buddies and (laughs) I'm trying not to gag as I eat this burger (laughs) and then I also didn't want to look like an idiot who didn't know what Gorgonzola was and I didn't want to scrape it off so I literally ate this burger and he's, you know, I'm trying to come up with questions. He's telling me about, you know, how he runs his business, how he gets his clients and all this stuff. And the whole time I ate a blue cheese burger, And I'm like, oh, I don't even know if it was worth it. Man, it was gross. And my wife always kind of makes fun of me. <laughs> time she sees gorgonzola. I just looked <laughs> it up. Gorgonzola's made from unskimmed cow's milk. And it's one of the most popular blue cheeses. It's <laughs> gross. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, definitely gross. I,
0: uh, uh, there was a place in Tampa that uh, the first time I ever had Gouda.
2: Ooh, uh, it's
0: a, bit of Gouda. They made a They made their own uh, these really big croissants. Mm.
2: Um,
0: but instead of being long, you know, fat in the middle and tapered down on both ends, they'd circled it. Mm. So anyway... Um, so it was a little bit bigger, and they could use it as a sandwich bun. They cut that, and they put uh, this. The, I'm not a big turkey person. I can eat it or I cannot. They had the best turkey I've ever had anywhere. They put that in there. Um, they smoked and cured their own bacon, thick sliced. That was mm-hmm. on there. And then the smoked Gouda. Uh, oh, my wow. God. It was the best little um sandwich ever but uh wow that that's when i fell good. in love with smoked gouda
1: yeah I it love doesn't
0: cheese. sound like it'd be good but smoked gouda
1: oh it's good that's one of my favorites and i love i think my favorite cheese well i guess harder cheese is like uh applewood smoked cheddar no oh, i love yeah. that stuff oh, i love smoked cheeses i, I
0: cold a- smoked uh some 15 year old uh sharp white cheddar
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once. Oh God.
1: Mm. Good, eh? Because
0: the sharper the cheddar I can get, the more I like it.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I mean I want it with the when it crystallizes, when it has those crystals in it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a little. Oh man. Yeah. It's that's true. I I've had some that's like just like that, like just super i was like, whoa.
0: Because the longer and the sharper you can get, the longer age, and the sharper you can get, it starts having those like crunchy, like crystals in it, like, um, real Parmesan, does, a wheel of Parmesan yeah, or grana Padana or one of those cheeses. And it is so good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, Steph and I were planning on going to Italy for our 20th anniversary. And that's one thing I want to go like, go there and like tour or something like do do some culinary things and see what this you know get some real authentic cheese from there and eat it and but no you know Wuhan sniffles shut that down
0: oh my god get a um antipasto platter with some wine you got your uh, the white creamier cheeses that are and I don't mean the cheese itself is creamy no it's hard and al dente like Parmesan or Grana Padana, those, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got your um, Italian sliced meats, And then you've mm-hmm. got, you know, they can put olives on it or not. I don't like olives, so whatever. Uh, but then you have that little tiny little container of uh, real, no kidding, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, word jumped out of my head. Balsamic vinegar, mm. that super super thick, and it's yeah. that sweet and tangy balsamic, and you drizzle that on your uh, cheese. Oh, mm. good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then me. the whole
0: thing because it's one authentic. It uh, two in Italy, you know, three hundred bucks, but whatever, Is it's it a, a once in a lifetime thing. So.
1: Is it expensive in Italy, generally? Yes. Ah.
0: Well, I haven't gone lately, but when I was there, uh, things were about 50% more expensive than the States, unless it was something that was uh, only particular to Italy, like balsamic vinegar or, or you know something that's truly Italian. Yeah, yeah. And you went there, it, then it was more expensive because – They got you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're known for.
0: Unless you can find the small family run places, you know, there's, you know, 12 to 30 family members and they run this farm, they make their own wine, they make their own cheese, they make their own meat and you can have, you know, go there. Then it's, you know, market price. Yeah. And some of the best, uh, atmosphere you can have because the when because uh, i went there when i was still in the air force and there was you know a hundred of us staying in this hotel in a uh, it was northern italy but we were very close to the uh, uh ocean or the beach right? mm-hmm. and so it was a resort town winter closed down We were, we were, you know, they got, now they got a hundred tourists here. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the restaurant in town was run by one of those families, those small family run places everything you ate at their restaurant, they grew it or and killed it. Right. Uh, the wine you had was made by them. The vinegars made by them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when I learned that when I ordered a steak in Northern Italy, I got a pork chop. Oh, Really? because the i don't know much italian uh and it's just the way you order it huh anyway best pork chop i've ever had in my life
1: that's cool um
0: and i'm glad it turned out that way uh and then the next night uh which was uh, on a weekend so it was saturday night uh they had lamb as their special
1: oh my god
0: best well. lamb i've ever had in my life oh really the pasta you could actually go up to the window and watch her watch grandma make pasta yeah yeah and she would just non-stop i don't know if she ever breathed the way she talked hmm. but just rattling italian and you stand there and very politely act like you know what she's saying yeah, yeah. she could be cursing you for all you knew yeah uh but the what would have been her granddaughter which was about our age, the guys that I hung out with that uh, from work that went there. She would talk to us. She knew perfect English. She went to college in America, hmm.
2: uh,
0: and she would tell us what Grandma was saying. So yeah, just reminiscing about the Americans that she knew from back in the day after, you know, yeah, the yeah. Nazis left. <clears throat>
2: hmm.
0: And uh, I guess some of the stories would really make them blush because you know grateful young italian woman and american soldiers eh, eh, yeah 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 grandma yeah (laughs) what
1: Um, i'm italian yeah we've got this italian store it's called the italian store in calgary and of the people imaginative yeah but it is incredible and it's uh, it's a family and obviously (laughs) they're italian now they're greek but uh they have uh (laughs) that would be funny yeah and so they'll import a lot of those cured meats and stuff and cheeses and like everything is from Italy and their deli counters it's on par with like a big supermarket like it's big and long and man the shapes of some of these cured meats and uh, like and they'll have like one 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 and they got a huge cold storage in the back and the variety of the meats and cheeses is unbelievable. And then, you know, the different types of antipastos and bruschettas and, and the bread. And, the oh, man, I was thinking about today. I, when you're talking about that, you know, the good balsamic and stuff, I'm like, man, I'm going to be close to there on my motorbike today, I think. And so I might have to swing by and pick something up because, yeah, man, I love having that stuff. Like, first supper, there's a, it's a Mennonite term called fospa, and it's kind of like basically meat, cheese, crackers, and coffee or something, right? And often, like on Sunday afternoons, if we don't want to cook a big meal, we're just relaxed, we'll have fospa. But, man, when you go to the Italian store and get a lot of really good quality cheese and stuff, oh, my goodness, it's so good. And their bruschetta is just delicious. Oh, oh man, I'm hungry, Todd. I haven't had my breakfast yet.
0: You know, I will say you have some of the best breakfast shots on Instagram,
1: no, I don't know about that, but
0: no, I'm serious. I I look at a lot of them, because um, breakfast to me is my favorite meal of the day, no matter when I have it. Yeah, me too. I very rarely anymore eat breakfast in the morning. Hmm. I very rarely eat before noon now, just oh, because well. you know, um, I've learned more about diet. I've learned more about nutrition. Um, I don't always yeah, practice yeah. it, but
1: that's probably. Uh, it probably has to do with your mayonnaise thing too. It's just weird.
0: It well, you know, I'm normal, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm normal and I'm hetero, so just <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, you know, not everyone's physiology is exactly the same. Their metabolism and their uh, you know, you, know, you and I have talked about that before. That yeah, yeah. It's, really geographically based, you know, what part of what continent are you from? Mm -hmm. You know, not just you, but ancestrally. And that's what you ought to be eating, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, and I used to be a big breakfast guy. I'd get up, eat a big breakfast, and then not eat anything until supper. Uh, But now that I'm not working as hard as I used to physically, I needed to change that, otherwise you become fat. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, right now if I eat one good meal between noon and two, I'm good. Oh, wow. Eat a small healthy snack uh, in the evening, you know, because your body doesn't need any more fuel than that if you're not doing much.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You know, and I used to work hard, and now I don't. Like, not that hard. I mean, well, you get it. You you work so hard, you're literally taking years off your life. Um, so, yeah. no. Yeah. And it's like being a, uh, say, an MMA fighter that fights every weekend. You know, they exercise a lot. They put out a lot of energy. They take in a lot of calories. But you can't keep that up for 40 years.
1: Nope.
0: So why our ancestors that built the countries that we live in died at 40 old men yeah um 50 was oh my god you're ancient and now you know yeah all 50 means is you get a divorce and a corvette
1: but yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding hey eh?
0: just kidding i don't want a corvette <laughs> um,
1: yeah um you know it's true and uh you know I, th- I think the biggest thing like is thinking about those calories right like we're going to do this one thing for the kids and you know, we're, we want our kids to be healthy and, uh, this summer they don't know it yet. Well, I guess maybe my one son listens to this podcast, so he'll learn. I'll tell him, oh, shoot, you know, this may be how he, found, how he finds out we're going to do like a no screen summer. And you know, once they're done their school, it's like, okay, put your computers away and we're not really going to be entertaining in YouTube. Uh, you're not going to be watching motocross videos. If you want to see motocross stuff, go outside, get your bike, start it and do it, you know? And, uh, and the same thing with, with the food stuff, right? Like, I don't, you don't want to obsess over it. Cause you don't want kids to develop like this weird relationship with food. Uh, but we'll do things like, you know, your Doritos trips, so the bag of Doritos. I think 50 grams of them has like 270 calories and there's this other brand of potato chips that really like, and 50 grams has about 200 calories. And then there's these chips that I really like you get them from Costco. And they're like, they're made of rice and like peas. It sounds really weird, but they're actually delicious. And 50 grams, I think has like 70 calories. And so we're just going to put these bowls out, right? So this is going to be hundred calories from this type of chip a hundred calories from this type of chip. And then the ones that I really like, you know, and just show that like, not all food is the same. And, you know, you can eat a salad and to the point where you're full and it's like, Oh wow, that's 300 calories. Right. Or, (laughs) you know, some things that are super, super dense in calories and and, like you eat a couple of itchy pans. I'm still hungry after three of them, but I've had like 1200 calories for lunch. And it's, you know, just Simple things like that, like just. Yeah, th- take that, that
0: nasty mayonnaise off your sandwich, you can have an entire another sandwich.
1: Oh, no, the protein I get from it, <laughs> I can feel it in my skin. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, and it, it's true. Like when I used to do like training for marathons, and I've started running now and stuff. Um, but when I used to do my long runs, they are like 20-mile runs on Saturdays and I would burn between like 1800 to 2000 calories. It's like three hours, three and a half hours of running. Well, that's, I would burn as much on that run as the average person should consume in a day. And so naturally, I mean, just in order to stay healthy and not like start damaging my body, I literally had to eat twice as much as I did before I was training because I just needed the calories and you know, that that's how it is. It's, you know, if you work hard physically, that's one of the advantages to being a blue collar person. Um, mind you, I don't know. Nowadays it, it seems everybody, everybody's overweight. We were, uh, we are in the emergency room with, with, uh, my youngest, like a couple of weeks ago. And man, I don't think I, I was the only person in there that wasn't a, a good hundred pounds overweight. And I was like, you know what? It's interesting. I'm in this, none of them looked like they had impact injuries or bleeding injuries they all had some physical ailment and they're all at least 100 pounds there's one lady in there I'm not even joking she had to have been 500 pounds and it's just like wow this this is a thing this this is the problem you know it's incredible how expensive uh unhealthy lifestyles are you know and
0: and unhealthy lifestyles can go in both directions you're talking about being a marathon runner you know, you see those people in like the Boston Marathon and New York Marathon, any mar- big marathon. There's like human skeletons trying to run. Yeah. By the end, they're crawling over the line. Yeah. Well, those are the vegetarians and the vegans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come on, people. You need um, certain kinds of protein if you're going to do things like marathons, you know, strenuous physical activity, and you can't get it all from plants. You yeah. think you can, but you can't. And all right, let me fix that. Yes, you can, but the body literally can't eat that many um, soybeans. Sorry. Uh, So you need a densely packed protein uh, like raw tuna. Yeah. Or.
1: And clean too, right? Not just like powders and drinks.
0: Yeah, you just can't do it. Uh, but then you see on the other side, these incredibly obese people trying to run a marathon. You're like, really?
1: I'd say good for them. You know what yeah, I think, too? They're
0: going to break their ankles by the time they're done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if, they've, if they are to the point where they are they can start down a, a starting line of a big oh, no, race. I,
0: I don't mean people that are fat and then just start. I mean, these are people that run marathons all the time and they're obese. Yeah. Really? Like, really? What do you?
1: Really? You know the you know the crappy thing with marathon running is, is that your body gets so efficient that, that that's why, like, say, if you're doing weight loss, you've got to constantly be changing what your routine is because, you know, you start running a marathon, you get into your long distance runs and your body becomes more efficient so that it needs less energy per mile and you can start running faster and you notice it too. It's like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really not that exhausted. My, my muscles, your body adapts. Yeah. And so these people that are really fat, they start doing this long run. And in the beginning, like the first couple of weeks, it's like, oh, this is great. You know, I've lost 10 pounds and, and then they'll plateau and they're just like, I'm not losing any weight. And it's like, because your body is like literally become very efficient at using calories to move yourself forward. And so you got to swap it out. And one thing I think is huge. And, uh, like I've kind of seen this with my dad, my dad who got big into marathons, um, one year, a few years ago, he wanted to run a marathon on every continent in one year. And so he did seven marathons. He tried to line them up with the big ones. Like he did the Great Wall of China Marathon. Uh, he did uh, Antarctica. They have an official marathon. You basically go in a research boat and it's, it's kind of, like they have a section of the boat that's supposed to be like kind of luxury, fancy for people. And then um, they go do the marathon. Then you stay for like an extra, I think five or six days. So basically these marathon people they fund these little tiny research trips and they've got a very specific thing they want to study or something or gather samples, whatever. Um, but injuries like crazy. Like he always gets these injections in his knees. Every time I talk to him, it's like, oh, you're, how are you you're running right now? It's like, no, no, this I've got to let this recover. But he doesn't do any weight training, strength training. And running is great. I, I love running. But the thing is, as, especially as you get older, and like you are saying, like these people that are like bean pulls, yeah, their cardio might be incredible, but the fact of the matter is you're still pounding and impacting your, your bones and your joints. And you need a good muscular system around that to support it. And so people do all these long runs, they get into marathon ring, blah, 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 and they never hit the weights and they, they're never doing weight workouts, weight training. I- and I think that is a number one cause of injury.
0: When I, the last time I was in physical therapy for a long time for my back, uh, there was a book at the physical therapy place that I would read during recovery when they put the heat and ice on me.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And that was about an hour. So I had about an hour every time I went to read, I was reading this book by a, uh, completely crippled marathon runner, uh, in her, uh. She called it her older years. She was in her early forties and she oh, was wow. completely crippled. And that's the reason why she had, she stayed so skinny and just ruined, ruined her body, yeah. uh, her joints. In fact, uh, her the last marathon she was on was mile 18 or 17, the end of 17, beginning of 18 uh, and her right femur, the top of it just disintegrated. Turned to dust um, because it had been beating against her hip for so long. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, she said the she couldn't finish the Great Wall Marathon the first time she ran it and the second time she ran it and the third time she because the elevation changes. Mm. She said most marathon runners aren't used to that kind of elevation change yeah. or the uh, surface being so messed even, up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, – so people were breaking ankles, legs, faces mm-hmm. when they fell.
1: <laughs> fell off the wall.
0: <laughs> uh, well, the uh, and then the stairs you have to run too. Yeah. I don't know if they all have to do that, but she was just describing it like it was almost a running obstacle course. Yeah. Uh, not the whole way, you know. Yeah. But some of it. And uh, so she couldn't finish that till the fourth time she ran it. Uh, she was a, an Australian lady. And uh, the the reason she wrote the book was to try to tell, you know, long distance runners, um, one, don't be vegan, two, uh, take care of your body, Mm -hmm. Uh, talk to a a physio, talk to a a real doctor that specializes in sports medicine and and subspecializes in long distance running folks uh, to find is your specific uh weight you should be at when running Mm
2: -hmm.
0: otherwise you're gonna you know kill yourself yeah long distance runners are you know it's rare but it happens you you drop dead Mm -hmm. while you're running yeah oh but she was perfectly healthy jackie Joyner kersey well no she her heart exploded sorry yeah Uh, because you know she had Some genetic issues that she brought to the table uh, that had she not been a uh, power runner like she was, uh, she'd probably still be alive because her heart couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, those things always, they weird me out. You know, or you hear like football players doing a little training run and he's like, you know, put on one of those jackets to make you sweat more, right? Yeah. does that and then all of a sudden oh he lost like literally from losing too much salt over the course of like an hour and a half of intense training the salt depletion in his system killed him like mm-hmm. what it's oh, yeah, it could
0: cause a stroke and or death
1: yeah that's why we should all just sit on the couch well that's <laughs>
0: why i think a lot of folks uh in uh boxing and the mma they have to do these extreme weight cuts see them 20 years later and right now Right now is the time we're starting to see it. Um, I am convinced, convinced it is just as much that sort of thing. Those uh, weight loss cycles when you're losing, you know, 10, 12 pounds in 24 hours, mm-hmm. that much salt loss, uh, that is causing folks like Chuck Liddell to be pudding heads as it is getting hit in the face.
2: Mm. You know? Yeah.
0: Uh, who knows how, you know, what kind of many strokes he caused um, by doing those weight uh, losses the way he did, cutting yeah. weight. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, if the UFC became big in the 90s, uh, but really actually became big in the late 90s, right now is when we could be seeing some of the long term effects. Yeah. And we are. And, And I think that's one of the reasons Rogan is really pushing for a a weight class every 10 pounds. Yeah. So you prevent these drastic weight cuts. Yeah. And then limit uh, somebody going from middleweight to heavyweight or heavyweight to middleweight, you know, limit that. Yeah. Oh, no, if you're going to do it, you know, let the UFC doctors determine you know, how many weight classes over how much period of time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, cause I, like, um, you knew dies in every film is, I'm sorry. Uh, have you heard of dies in every film? Yes. Owner Kagler. So he used to fight MMA and, uh, his thing was he'd, he'd always be up for the fight. He said, I don't ever want to turn down a fight. And there was an event in wherever in England, wherever he lives. And the guy that was supposed to do it ended up getting really, really sick with the flu or something like he was in the hospital and they didn't have anybody for this fight. The venue was sold, blah, 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 blah. So they called him up, said, listen, do you want to fight this? He's like, yeah, but I haven't trained. And he was, I think he was like, what was he? Eight kilos too heavy. And so in less than 24 hours, he lost it. And just talking about salt, he actually put himself into a salt bath. So he filled up his bathtub at his house put a bunch of salt in it and just sat in there for like two hours he came out he lost like four kilograms and the like isn't that crazy like the salt just sucked all the the moisture out of his body or something like that and then yeah
0: they've oh that's i i could be wrong but i don't think i am there's a couple of weight loss techniques they've outlawed and i think that kind of thing is one of them Hmm. because they were going to uh, they were making up, uh, sodium solutions that are, that were even more, uh, salty for lack of a better way of explaining that than a sensory deprivation chamber. You know, it was, uh, so sodium enriched, you could just lay on it. You oh, didn't wow. sink And uh, uh, it was hurting people. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's one of the ways they've outlawed. Uh, I know they've outlawed uh, those drugs that make you—it turns your fat into poop, and you—you you can yeah. die of dehydration.
1: Yeah, fat fat burners. Uh, yeah. um, so my brother-in-law's sister-in-law, uh, she went to lose a bunch of weight and uh, didn't want to really go to the gym, and she wanted now. Right. She's like going to Hawaii in a week and she's like, oh shoot, I haven't gotten into shape. So she was taking all these fat burner pills and, uh, she had like these little mini, some type of weird heart attack, like not a full on heart attack, but like she was in the emergency room and she had to stay in the hospital for a few days. Cause it really messed her heart up. And I was like, <laughs> what's up? You know, it, like it all kind of ties together with uh super, these weight cuts for fighting or people taking these fat burners. Like man, nothing comes instantly. You know, and everybody wants it right now. It's like, you know what? If you'd like to lose weight and look better in the bikini on your holiday, well, you need to start eight months or a year before your holiday. Exercise every day and eat yeah. right and, and drink lots of water and sleep well. And There's a
0: very short list of things that are instant that are positive in the long term.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, love at first sight.
1: Mm-hmm
0: pudding instant pudding yeah uh, that's about it yeah uh, and jello is in there with pudding but
1: main needs on sandwiches. <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> no you're right 100%, there's not a whole I, lot of I other agree. things
0: that are you know instant that are positive in the long term you know these weight loss drugs uh i understand that because uh, i started to go through this back in 2012 ish and I know a couple of other people that have used go to a doctor, right? And then use that in conjunction with a proper diet, proper exercise, and what those, uh, uh, there were uh, those uh, B12 injections, whatever they are. Oh, yeah. But it helps you jumpstart your metabolism. And if it's in conjunction with a proper diet and exercise, and I was, um, I was. had, I had a doctor-prescribed diet. It sucked, but I did it. Uh, and I was exercising, and I was trying to play softball, and a lot. You know, I was doing everything I was told to do. I was losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. Then some other things happened that were associated with my job. And I, th- I think at one point I had a little, some type of mini stroke. Because uh, I was having facial tics, and uh, we stopped everything I was doing, because uh, we couldn't pinpoint what was causing it. Yeah, I think it was that uh, the stress at work caused by the wor- one of the worst human beings ever to walk the face of the earth. That wasn't a mass murderer. And I think if she could, if she had the ability to be a mass murderer, she'd do it. If I got her a promotion,
2: you know, yeah, yeah.
0: she's one of those people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, people are just like staples; they're you know disposable office equipment to help me get where I need to go.
1: Yep. And, anyway. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's funny, like. <clears throat> this isn't the first time we've talked about health, you know, and and I think it's good because it affects everything. Right. Um, you know,
0: like your core muscles and I don't just mean abs, they're, they're erector muscles that go up the sides of your spine Yeah, uh, and your core without that. Oh my God. It can cause so many things you people don't even wouldn't even realize.
1: Yeah, um, do you you know who Salt Bay is?
0: Doesn't sound familiar.
1: Okay, so if you uh, it's Salt Bay, uh, B A E, and uh, I think that means like best anything ever. Anyways, is is this guy? I think he's originally from Turkey, and he has all these restaurants. I would say he's probably right now the top restaurateur on earth like the most successful works every single day relentless um lo- love him or hate him uh, i follow him on instagram because i find him quite interesting but you, he's the kind of the guy you ever seen where they, they sprinkle the salt and it falls off your forearm onto the food you've seen that anyways no. that's what he kind of made famous you check out his instagram it's kind of interesting but um so he's got like these uh, oh his, that guy yeah
0: I didn't know him by Salt Bay. Sorry,
1: I don't like Nurser et or at whatever. I don't know what his, his company. No, I just is know called.
0: him now that I see a picture of him. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, um, the number one dude is Australian. He's I, up there though.
1: I bet this guy's kicking his butt as far as success. Like restaurants all over the place, all over the place. Uh, new, you know, everywhere you could want a restaurant, he's got them. But well,
0: he's gonna find out the same thing that the other guys did. People move on. People are fickle when it comes to food.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of celebrities, you know, anyways, whatever it is, but he exercises every day. So that's kind of, if he follows Instagram, basically every day he has cappuccino, Uh. every day he does workouts. Like right now he's in Mykonos in uh, Greece. He has a restaurant that he only opens during the busy season and there's no gyms there. So he does, he's got this rock. Like he found this just stone and I find uh, the probably one of the reasons I follow him just to see kind of what he's doing. He does some of the weirdest exercise. The guy's just ripped. Like he's not big. He's like what I call very, uh, very usable, very healthy. He's strong, right? He can run uh, a very able and capable human being as far as his body goes. And that's, that's what I think is that's where I strive to get to. Um, but it's interesting because like he'll do so many weird things. It's like, what's he doing? It's like, oh, it's all try. I'm like, oh, I can feel that in here, you know? And when I see the way he works out and the, the physical training he does, I'm like, it's a very complete package. Like, there's one time he literally put this strap he, he laid down on a bench, like a bench press bench, put this strap over his forehead and tied it to a kettlebell and did head raises, like like playing goes I'm like, what the heck? he looks like a goon. You know, it looks like an idiot, but I was like, you know what, that that would really work your neck muscles and your neck holds your head up. So, you know, when I go to work out, I think, oh, I'm going to go work out. I would never be like, oh, I need to work on my neck. <laughs> but it, when you think about it, it's like, that actually makes sense. You would like to make sure your neck is, and I mean, I think generally just moving around, you know, you have to stabilize your head and balance it and stuff. So it does, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And he, I just like his approach. He does some of the most unconventional things with equipment and if you follow him every day it's always just in his stories but I'm like dude that's not how that machine's supposed to work you shouldn't ever use that but I'm like actually it makes sense why not you know but I was just curious he's he's kind of cool I like him he's funny um, <laughs> so big.
0: talking about Instagram and stories yeah I am as a comedian once said uh, one of my I think is one of the best comedians to ever live. I am pissed off to the highest level of pistivity with Instagram. Yeah. Why is that? Because I follow a bunch of people. I only want to see notices from a couple of them that, Hey, Jeremy just posted something or this guy just posted something. Right. So I only have notifications on a few people. Mm-hmm. You're one of them.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Todd.
0: No problem. Well, the problem is, especially with Jeremy the Gertz, I get notices after they've expired. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, Jeremy just posted something. Click on it. The stories only remain for 24 hours. Well, you just told me it was there. That's funny. So, and I don't know if it's... uh, I don't know what the problem is, but it's you, and both of your Instagrams, hmm. uh, and one other Canadian, uh, and another person that's in America, but uh, not very far from where I live. But they have horrible internet, hmm. and I'm like, this is annoying. Yeah, I get notices that you just posted something and then it's gone because huh. I got the notice 25 hours later.
1: That's dumb. It's not every
0: time, obviously, because you see my response to some of your stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think Instagram I just don't live worse. an
0: interesting enough life to post anything.
1: Yeah. I don't think I do either. I just I take but pictures it's, of food. I
0: think so. it's your artistic side.
1: Yeah. And I do it. Allows
0: you to show, like, like I was saying earlier about your um, breakfast posts uh, that you cleverly segued out of. um, You have actually some of the best food posts on Instagram. And I think it has a lot to do with your foodie and you're an artist. And I say that not because you draw or paint, but photography is one of the hardest arts there is. To make interesting, you
1: know? yeah, it's different. And if
0: you can make a poached egg look good in the right light at the right angle, you're an artist.
1: I don't know. It's it's technical though. See, I, and and like well, I you appreciate, know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. Um, and I do it for me because photography is like I grew up looking at National Geographic and the images. Right? There's this Joe McNally who's a famous yeah. You know,
0: I've, I think I read every issue of National Geographic my growing up years.
1: Yeah, and he's in a lot of them. Yep. I he came to Calgary and of course I bought tickets and I was wildly disappointed because <laughs> I even tried
0: to get a job with uh, NG once.
1: Oh really? Yep. Yeah, but anyway, so I, I think the reason I was disappointed is because he was. It was a campaign for him, right? He, he's doing this to make money. He's doing this tour. And it, it was a smaller auditorium. I will say there's probably 300 people there. And I guess most of them aren't good at photography and he wasn't going to certain levels of people. And yeah, like I, I literally didn't learn anything from what he taught there. And I was, I was disappointed because I'm like, I know this guy has things that I would just love to know, but you know, it might be me and 10 other people that are actually at that level where we're interested in that. Everybody else is still trying to figure out how to, how to operate their camera in the manual mode, you know? Um, but it's, I, I find it very interesting because I grew up watching these things and, and images for me, like I, I had a hard time reading. I still don't read well, but pictures, you know, I I get a one picture. If it's interesting, I will spend minutes within that image looking at everything and and the goal for me is to try and figure out how to do it. I want to, I want to some, you know, I see something. I'm like, okay, I want this. I want to take this picture and I want it to be interesting. And how do I need to manipulate my camera to get that to happen? You know? Um, and it's just, man, I got this old camera. It's, well, it's not old. Yeah, it's old. It's a, a Fuji. Not that old. It's a digital camera. It's a Fuji X100. And I'm trying to use that one almost exclusively. I, I think this camera came out and I don't know. 2004, 2000. So by digital camera technology, it's old, but there's something about it. It looks like a vintage camera. It's got all the dials, like everything is a dial and a click. I don't have to use a menu. And so the shutter speed, the aperture, um, you know, all these things I can move up and down and it's fun. I enjoy it. And it's just because I'll see an object and the light hits it. And, you know, if I pull out my phone and just take a picture, it doesn't, it's not the same thing. And so I, I like the challenge, and I, I do it for myself. I share it because it's like, well, I may as well just put it out there. I, I don't think it's amazing. It's not like whatever, but it's kind of like here, I tried doing this. I tried I tried what I saw when I walked past the you know the plate on the room and I saw the food there and the light hit it, I want to recreate that so somebody else could feel like they're looking at that with me, you know, somehow. And then obviously flavored a bit too. Um, but I don't know, I love I love photography. It's so much fun. I like doing it for myself. Being full-time professional, not that fun, but.
0: Yeah, I wish, I've wished my whole life I could draw, and I can't. Yeah, and I've I mean, wished my whole life I could take pictures, and I can't. And, because my uncle was a huge photographer, uh, had his own uh, dark room and everything. Yeah. Uh, used to take beautiful black and white photos. Mm. Uh, well, it, Photos, period, but particularly his black and white.
1: Yeah. Just, I love black and white.
0: I don't know. It's, unless you know it, you don't know it, how you can bring something to life in black and white. But he yeah. can. Hmm. Uh, like, he used to take floral black and white and bring them to life. Oh, wow. I mean, that dude was good.
1: But oh, That's uh, crazy.
0: He also would take the same picture in color, but... In fact, he used color film, a type of color film, and he could develop it in color or black and white. Hmm. He tried to explain the process to me once. But that was many, many, many years ago.
1: Yeah. But
0: uh, <clears throat> I've always wanted to be able to do that, and I think I probably could if I just quit everything else I was doing and focused all my attention on it.
1: I think that's what it takes. Like, you and have to dive in.
0: It's the same with, like, video editing. Uh, That's why I've got the, I paid so much money for Adobe, and now it's just too confusing to try to learn on. Yeah. Uh, And then I learned later by somebody else and you. uh, That's the worst thing to try to start off on.
1: Yeah. I've never, I've never touched it. I've seen the interface in YouTube videos. I'm like, wow, that's, that's more stuff than I need, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I just want to cut it here and then put this clip here and then let's add a little transition or something to turn the volume up on this one. Yeah.
0: Now the, the person, the other person, a relative of mine said, yeah, trying to use that for the first time. Editing video is like trying to learn how to drive in a F1 car.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, not so much.
1: Yeah. You know, the nice thing with learning photography in the digital age is that it's so cheap. You know, like when we were first married, uh, Steph got into photography and she'd take these classes. And then I actually built a, a dark room in our basement. Funny thing with that, uh, I, we had the basement developed later on and uh, I thought, Oh yeah, I'll just put up the drywall here. And even after I painted it flat black, <laughs> it was still the worst drywall job I've ever seen in my life, but it was a good thing. This is a dark room. Um, uh, but yeah. And so she got into that and I was never into photography. And then I remember we were in Studio City, California when we bought our first, uh, like digital body and it was a Canon 20D and I actually shot that even for some of my wedding stuff. And then you, she had a couple of lenses, not, not really good stuff. We still have her original film camera and I, I still shoot some film with it. It's a Canon Elan seven and, uh. But then i remember we got this digital body and then i was like i i should try some pictures because it's not gonna cost like i never wanted to because film right and it's like got her film and it's a lot of work or it's expensive or i always thought you know if i just buy cheap film from walmart and drop it off to get developed at walmart it's not worth my time like I i don't know why but um start playing with digital and then it's like hey this is cool and then you know like steph told me she said don't ever shoot in automatic mode don't let the camera make any decision for you You control everything about it and then you just force yourself, flick it to manual. Okay, cool. Now this thing's way too bright. What caused that? Well, one of three things, your ISO, your shutter speed, or your aperture. Okay. Now, if I adjust this one, what does that do to the image? Cool. Now, if we put this one back and adjust this one, what does that do to the image? Oh, okay. Interesting. You know, and it's, it's so for free. Basically, once you have a camera, there's no, you're not paying to get film developed. And that's, you know, the, the, Problem with digital photography is everyone's a photographer. But the good thing with it is that everybody could be a photographer if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, oh, you get a digital camera and I I started my wedding photography, pics and giggles. Like, hey, wedding's two hundred dollars. Like <laughs> man, that was the worst thing as a photographer. You know, I think at the end I was what's I charging? Thirty eight hundred bucks a wedding. And then people would call me, like, I love your work, I really want to do it. Okay, so what would you like? Okay, yeah, yeah. So this is it. <gasps> oh. Why is it? Can we come down the price? Because, you know, my cousin's a photographer, too, and and she'll do my whole wedding for $300. And it's like, well, you should get her then. She's definitely <laughs> your person. I'm not. <laughs> I, I
0: recommend you get your, your cousin and yep. you'll get what
1: you pay if for. I, exactly. Yeah. But it's fun. It's it's fun. And I still still there's images that I want to take and I try to take and they don't happen how I want them. And I it's like, you know, what? that's a fun thing. I like things where you need a long time or you can you can get better throughout your life. Most things with your hands, woodworking, metalworking, craft, right? And I look at it more as craft than art because there's things that you can do to get exact outcome. Just like when you're woodworking, right? Uh, some of it, you know, you've got to work with available light, with a subject matter. Uh, in photography, with with wood, you're working with natural materials, but you can... If you've got skill set and if you've got tools and you know how to use the tools, you can essentially force exactly what you want if you're good. Yeah. And and you can always work towards forcing more complicated things, more intricate things. Same thing with welding, with metalworking, knife making. And I I look at photography as more of a craft than an than artistry. And I guess I don't know. I guess I look at all art more as craft. Like I even drawing. The,
0: the act of photography is a craft what you're producing is art
1: yes that's a good way to put it
0: yeah you know, and or crap depending on if you're me
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> or or pics and giggles
0: um the uh i actually know somebody had their quote unquote friend who's a photographer do their wedding yeah because it was cheaper uh grew up with the person went to school with the person best friends their entire life yeah not so much anymore that's funny ruined a lifelong (laughs) friendship
1: and they got divorced because of the pictures
0: (laughs) oh no i mean that what they had to do was stage an entire another not the wedding but their the bride and groom and family portion of the wedding with a real photographer oh wow and you can tell in their faces it's not the same happiness and joy yeah. as the day they got married.
1: Yeah, that's a one day thing. And yeah. ugh. That's too bad. And
0: <clears throat> the the bride asked me uh telling me the story and was like, Well, what's your opinion? <laughs> well, you shouldn't have asked. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> this is your fault. What do you mean? You blah know, blah 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 blah. Told me about it. Did you look at other wedding f- photos they've done? Oh, this is their first wedding. Uh-huh. Well, again, your fault. Um, did you look at other pictures they did? Yeah. But I thought she, but I, just shut up. It's your fault. Yeah. Go apologize to your friend.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: For being stupid and f- for putting them in a position they should have said no to. Mm-hmm. So you're both at fault. Um, get over it.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And nope. Stubborn as a woman can be and said, hey, it's all her fault. She said it's said no. And I hate her. Yeah. Really? Do you?
1: <sighs> yep.
0: I, it, ah, that's why I believe in just small weddings with a minimum number of people and no pomp and circumstance cuz then you get less ruined feeling. Yeah, yeah. And and you save more money cuz yeah. Something that young people just getting married don't understand is the 10, 20, 30 thousand or more that you spend on a wedding or your dad spends on a wedding could buy you a house, furnish the house, take a lot of stress off of newlywed that is there financially, you know, you can put that in a bank for your eventual kid's education or uh, technical school, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. The last thing you need to spend all that money on is a stupid wedding. Yeah. Because it seems like you're putting more importance on the ceremony and not the
1: relationship. Yeah, the marriage itself, exactly. Yeah, I just Googled, uh, the average cost of a Canadian wedding is $29,000. Oh,
0: no, no. no, Steph and
1: I, we had, yeah, here. That's Canadian pesos.
0: We did, uh, including us, four people at our wedding, at the Justice of the Peace, in downtown Great Falls, Montana, and then, uh, uh, Danette's dad bought us furniture Yeah, with the wedding money. Yeah, Awesome. Win-win.
1: Yeah. So we did a wedding. We had 300 people at our wedding, big families both sides. We did our entire wedding for under $5,000. But you know what? Like for the meal, we're like, you know what? <laughs> our family cooks food. We've got, like I've got aunts that are incredible cooks. So it's like, and then I asked my wife, well, what would be your dream food? And my wife loves cabbage rolls. So it's like done. They're cheap. They're easy. We can get them prepared ahead of time. And and so we like had cabbage rolls and, you know, the big salad bar and stuff. And it was nothing fancy, nothing crazy. Uh, when now, we were engaged. It could
0: just be me. And I hate okay. to interrupt, but it could just be me. But I'm sure there's somebody else in the audience that would think this too. I think the last thing I would want my um. Beyonce To be eating on our wedding day is cabbage before our big wedding night.
1: Hey. (laughs) Never thought about that.
0: Or Brussels sprouts, not half.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then during the time, so while we were engaged, we went to a few weddings. Like there's some other family members that are having weddings. And I remember we were at this one wedding out in Rockyford, Alberta. And drinks started happening, you know, the meal, you know, and then bars open and at the end of the night i don't know who she was uh but she shouldn't have been doing it she's out in her like undergarments in her panties and bra (laughs) dancing and oh it was it was terrible like people were like oh really take her away this is really gross and i leaned over
0: and it's never a supermodel that does that it's always oprah
1: yeah and so i told steph i said you know what um how would you feel if we didn't have alcohol at our wedding? She's like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> and so that's part of the reason. <laughs> yes, <being> please. <laughs> part of the reason why we were able to do it for under 5000 bucks. But uh, looking back now, I wish we'd at least had like a, some table wine or something. But yeah, we had no booze. And it was because of that. I'm like, ugh. One thing I've done as a photographer, uh, when I would do my wedding stuff, I shot with a, a Canon 5D Mark II, which was one of the first DSLRs that could shoot 1080 video. And uh, they actually... It kind of blew everybody's mind. Still didn't have any autofocus or anything. But I had some really good lenses, like a fifty millimeter F one point two, so I could basically shoot in the dark and I would wait, you know, when my obligations were fulfilled and, you know, everything's winding down. Uh, you know, just stick around for a little bit. And by that point there's usually a bunch of drunk people dancing and falling down. And so I've got this whole collection of footage and I just, it's in a folder, it's called drunk people at weddings <laughs> and I just kind of <laughs> sit in the corner and I take this video and I'm trying to get focused. Some of them aren't always perfect cause it's, you know, I didn't have a flip screen and I'm trying to be discreet. And so I, but man, I got this one lady dancing to some country honky song comes up, she's dancing, falls over. <laughs> She gets back up by herself, goes, just starts dancing again, falls over. And then somebody comes to help her out and he almost falls over and they start dancing and she fell over three times in a row. And then somebody, one of the the more responsible people gathered here and said, you know what, let's just sit down for a bit. You're, you're really going to hurt yourself and I got it all on video. It's so funny. Of course I, I can't really share that anywhere, but that, that could be some, some internet gold. You know, I could get a viral video out of that, I bet. Drunk white people at weddings. That's what you would title it. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it's your work product. It was in public, so. Yeah. I know under American privacy law, you're good to go. But
1: Oh, uh, maybe I am. Oh, um, uh, yeah. No, anytime I did, like, models or anything like that, you have to have, like, the release forms, and you give them to Unless it's them. in your,
0: well, that's different. Yeah, yeah. You're, they're paid models, so. Yeah. Uh, drunk people at a wedding, not so much, and as long as it's in public. Yeah. And <laughs> it is normally, but.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Anyway. I would I wouldn't do it if I had that stuff. I might share it with friends, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. It's not something I put out on the internet, and it's humiliating. And I mean, I've got no. I'm not a I, I'm not a nice guy. Let's get that straight. But I don't really necessarily want to go out of my way to make people look bad. Sometimes I probably do, but this one will just be my own little private collection of funny videos.
0: It depends, you know,
1: who it is and what the outcome is. What what I would. Well, benefit. no, it depends
0: on your the. Did they start it? Did yeah, they yeah. start something? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to go there, huh? Well, let me me find this picture.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I got some uh, actually very incriminating photos of RCMP drinking in a park in the honor guard on a police cruiser. Wow. And those are just tucked away, those images, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Since then, I've been pulled over five times by the RCMP, and I've been let go five times. I've been pulled over by a sheriff, which is completely different, and I've I've well, actually, no. Yes, no. I've gotten two tickets from the sheriffs, but yeah, I'm just telling you. I told I told my wife. I said, you know what? When I did that wedding, and he was an RCMP, he was an officer, and there's all the best men were RCMP. They had some of these special cruisers that just go around to events and stuff. These vintage-looking police cars. Uh, I got a guy with his full RCMP honor guard. You know the 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 Mountie hat and the red everything, and he's like pulls his shirt open like this, and he's got a Superman T-shirt underneath. <laughs> well, I've got two cop cars, and they're passing beer, driving down the road, passing beer between them. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the best. I'm just... Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. I told I told my wife, I said, you know what? I've, those are my get-out-of-jail-free cards, and I don't know if it'll ever run out. But No kidding. I'm just hold on to those little suckers.
0: <clears throat> Forever and ever.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you wish you had
0: me... some photos of... Uh... Justine.
1: Yeah, he, nothing, nothing. You can't touch that guy. He's untouchable. <laughs> he I don't can, know. I he think he's it.
0: about outlived his usefulness.
1: Oh, yeah, but he'll still get voted he in. He's not going anywhere.
0: I meant for some of his allies that he is really embarrassing right now. Yeah, but he's done that his whole life. I mean, uh, this is, I think, might be above and beyond what they're willing to put up with.
1: Yeah, maybe. He is definitely a special case. You can only actually. hope. Yeah, you know. yeah.
0: He is a uh, he. He is one of them. Yeah. Uh. uh.
1: Mm. Hmm. Anyways, that might be a good place to wrap the show up before we get all. You know, it's a pretty light and fluffy episode. On the up and up, yeah. start getting into politics. <laughs> we'll bring it right down. <clears throat> Down to like the dark days of not liking mayonnaise or something. How pathetic would that be?
0: You know, that'd be so awesome if we could do away with blue cheese and mayonnaise.
1: Blue cheese, not not Man. mayonnaise. So awesome. <laughs> you know, if you have, you gotta come up here and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and invent a, a coffee beverage that All is right. so we won't delicious. Outlaw,
0: we won't we won't outlaw mayonnaise, but here's what we have to do. You had to pass a background check get a license that way we know who you are
1: yeah <laughs> we you know you know who we are we put our hands up in pride we are the we are the ones you're not the good only taste. kind
0: of people that have pride
1: <laughs> we are the ones with taste buds <laughs> right here <laughs> you're the
0: white stripe and the uh multi rainbow
1: no i like that You ever see that sure that <laughs> shirt that wrangler star wore that's going to offend a lot of people it's got the rainbow and it's like circa 2000 bc or whatever
0: i don't watch anything he does anymore yeah no
1: i don't either this was like two years ago even
0: if it was the most brilliant thing ever i don't even remember what it was because i put it completely out of my mind but he did something that just unsub everything don't want to see nothing having to do with cody yeah at all
1: yeah But, you know, he had this t-shirt and says the rainbow, obviously, which the the gay community has adopted as their colors. Uh, Originally, it was a sign from God that the world would never be completely flooded again, right? Given to Noah after the great flood. And uh, so he had this thing and is like the rainbow and then just is a black t-shirt with a big rainbow on it. And underneath it's like circa whatever the historical date was of the flood. And I was like, that's, I kind of like that. It's a little kind of like, nope, we're still claiming this is ours. You know, you you can use it for that, I guess. But the original meaning of the rainbow was never about anything like that. It was about God's promise to mankind, you know, but yeah. Anywho, I should get, they just,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, real quick. What do you think about that text I sent you last night? Oh, that's funny. We don't have to talk about it. Just it's so funny. They are now canceling themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That, that website though, man, they got a lot of ads. Hey, yes, they do. Oh my word. Daily wire youth protest group inspired by Greta Thunberg disbands, accuses itself of racism.
2: And if you
0: (laughs) no, okay. One is in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, it's New Zealand people, uh, like Iceland. It wasn't very racially diverse to begin with. Doesn't mean they're racist. Yeah. You know, uh, go to Pretoria. You know, that's the opposite. You know, yeah. doesn't mean anybody's racist. Come on, calm down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Just oversensitivity. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I think, you know what? I think you might see more of that coming up because people have become so soft and so sensitive. Anything having
0: to do with white people is going to be outlawed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's no common sense. I'm not joking.
0: They don't want equality. Whoever they is, they want reversal of fortune Mm -hmm. in their mind. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Not fortune.
0: understanding and not willing to admit. They never went through anything.
1: Yeah. And fortune that, was, that came by work.
0: And by right. fortune, I don't mean money. They just want a reversal of everything. Yeah. Oh, we're going to keep you down now. We're going to make you live on a uh, uh, whatever plantation. Stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. 100% yeah uh no there's no there's racism exists everywhere unfortunately and we have to work on that Mm -hmm. rachel's disparity not so much in the western
1: world yeah get over it Mm -hmm. and uh you know people always think oh it's so bad and and like this, this systemic racism and stuff and you know, I've heard uh, on different podcasts black people saying that you know what there has never been a time where racism has been as small of a problem as now. They say and equality black is greater now been than shouted ever
0: down by the rest.
1: Yeah. He said no, he said we have never had much as much racial equality uh, probably any time in history for all people on earth here except now the white people, right? And we can't say this because it's not with the popular narrative, but you know, if I'm a Sikh in Calgary, I don't have to wear a helmet when I ride a motorcycle. If I'm a white guy and I'm not a Sikh and I decide I just don't want to wear a helmet, I will get a ticket, right? I'll get fined for that. So, and, and that's religious, right? That's not racial, that's religious. If I convert to become a Sikh and I want to wear a turban, that's my religion, right? But that's, that's... We're going the opposite way now. You know, if you really wanted it to be equal, you'd be like, okay, nobody has to wear a helmet. It's entirely your choice. You know, we recommend you do, it's obviously safer, but either, or you just say, sorry, doesn't matter what you are. If you belong to the church of the flying spaghetti monster, a colander isn't good enough. You have to wear a helmet. Like it's, it has to be the exact same thing for everyone. And the fact that there's one little glitch. Oh, this people group has an exemption. Ah, there you go. There's where we're headed. Now,
0: See, now you're getting really, really close to one of my personal beliefs. And I'm glad someone else has gotten at least close to it, uncovering what I believe, and that is there is absolute systemic racism, at least in America. And I think most of Western the Western world, and that's exactly it. The fact that there's so much emphasis placed on other races is racism. oh, you can get a job, Johnny, because you're black and we have a quota. Well, that's racist. Yeah, it is. That is saying not only is Johnny too stupid to get a job by any other means except the color of his skin, but you're not allowing other races to compete for that job. Yeah. Sorry, it's racism. Yeah, 100%. So that is what is wrong, and that is the systemic – Racism run wild, in Todd's opinion. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, sorry, you know. Yeah, I agree. Because I've been all over the world. I've seen horrific racism that I do not see in the United States nor Canada. And in a lot of other places, but, you know.
2: Anyway, yeah, I don't,
1: I don't think I,
0: that. These people don't, they just, ah, they don't understand.
1: No, that's true. Uh, Well, we're at like an hour and 47 minutes almost. Yes, sir. Haven't had a cutout, so that's good. Hopefully our audio files are good, but uh, probably wrap it up here. Hey, Todd?
0: Yeah, about five minutes ago, my uh, squad, my squad roadcaster said, uh, you're, uh s. d card is full oh well, wow. yeah, I haven't. I forgot to unload it the last couple of weeks.
1: I got you well, I've got twenty nine hours remaining on mine, so we can keep going mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah It's probably gonna take all day to unpack it now
1: yeah, no kidding
0: sixty four gig of stuff on it.
1: oh wow, yeah, well, cool beans. well, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it again, Todd. Always enjoy our conversations. And, Absolutely, uh, I love it. Um, yeah.
0: Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, follow us on social media. As, uh, Jeremy the Gert, Simple Little Life, Todd Fuss, Can-Am Soup. Exactly. Or don't follow us, uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, You do you. you. Do you. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I don't
0: want to make you do anything you don't want to do. That's Right.
1: All right, we'll it's, go. Uh,
0: Except mail me $1. I want to make you do that. Everyone.
1: Yeah. Now you're just talking like a government, Todd.
0: (laughs) No, I just want $1.
2: That's
1: all the governments. That's what starts. Just think if
0: everyone in America and Canada mailed me $1.
1: That's true. Yeah. You'd have a couple of bucks on your hands.
0: Yeah. Right on.
1: All righty, folks. We will catch you next week.
0: Bye-bye.